0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Questions. My name is Michael Strudel. I'm the host for this podcast under the Right Response Ministries umbrella. You know, we really started this podcast because on social media we were getting a ton of questions in the comments section. And so we thought, what better avenue than to start a podcast where we can actually get back to you, uh, where we could sit down with Pastor Joel and talk through some of these questions, actually take some time to really expound upon some of these theological questions. So I have the pleasure today to sit with Pastor Joel. How are you doing today? Doing great.
1: Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, so we have a, a really uh, unique question from Jessica in San Diego. She says, Pastor Joel, I personally know many believers who seem to be good people. So how can I affirm the doctrine of total depravity? What would you say to that, Pastor Joel?
1: That's a good question. It's a common question, Jessica. Thanks for writing in and asking us. Um, I think a lot of times that's part of what's so difficult about adopting and, and um basically affirming the doctrine of total depravity God's view of man is really what we're getting at um, anthropology who who is mankind uh, what is God's anthropology what, what does the Bible say God's words say about man well the Bible teaches that that man is totally corrupt that he's totally depraved that that man is not just sick in his transgressions and sin but but dead and so how do I rectify that or how do I reconcile that as a Christian who has, you know, family members and friends who are unbelievers, who seem to do a lot of really good deeds, you know, people who seem to be, for all intents and purposes, very loving. And so I think uh, one of the hang-ups is that in the doctrine of total depravity, that there's not always a clear articulation of the distinction between total depravity mm-hmm and utter depravity so this is important jessica utter depravity is the idea that that every single human being apart from the, the saving grace of jesus christ is as evil as they possibly could be mm. and not just inwardly in, in regards to the state of their heart but that even outwardly uh, every single human being is constantly and only performing outward deeds, outwardly evil deeds that are as bad as they could be and as frequent as they could be. Now, that's not true. Because human beings are made in the image of God, even though we have fallen in sin, there is still a vestige, if you will, of the image of God that is intact. And so when we look at our fellow man, our neighbor, our our unbelieving friends. We we see the image of God. It is not just Christians who bear the image of God, but all people created in his image. And because the, the image of God remains intact, it is marred through sin, but it is not completely and utterly destroyed. Because of that, in God's common grace, his restraining grace, he is holding evil at bay where unbelieving human beings are not as evil outwardly as they could be. They are totally depraved, meaning that in their, in their heart of hearts, there is no desire to seek for God, or to worship God, or to love God. We find all that in Romans chapter 3. But in their outward deeds, even unbelievers can outwardly perform many, many good deeds that actually align with the moral will right. of God. So in God's moral will, he commands fidelity in marriage. Well, you could be an atheist and never commit outwardly adultery. Now, we know from the teachings of Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount that in our hearts, we've all committed adultery. We have all lusted after someone else who is not our spouse. And so we all stand justly condemned before God. But, but an unbeliever still outwardly in their behaviors could live in such a way that is faithful to their spouse. And so they are outwardly conforming to the moral will of God, but they are totally depraved in the sense that they do not seek God. They do not desire God. They do not love God. They do not want to obey God. They're they're doing something that is outwardly obedience, but they're not doing it out of a heart that desires to obey God. They're doing it because because it's simply in the moment what they want to do. So here's a text that I think is helpful. This is Romans chapter 14, the end of verse 23. It says, for whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. I'll say that again. Whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Now, what is it to do something in faith? What is an action, a behavior, that would proceed from faith well, well to do something in faith the way that I would define that as simply as I can is to do something in faith is to do it one with a reliance on God's grace and two with a desire for God's glory mm. so to do something in faith is is to do something with a reliance on God's grace an acknowledgement that there is no sufficient strength in and of myself that that I cannot that I cannot truly accomplish anything good in this life if it is not for the grace that God so lovingly provides. And so to do something in faith is to do it with an acknowledgement of God's grace that gives me the strength. And to do it with the aim, the, the ultimate goal, a desire of bringing God glory. See, an unbeliever could earnestly seek and spend their whole life's work to cure cancer and succeed, and I hope that someone does. And even if they were to cure all forms of cancer, if they're an unbeliever, they're ultimately, they're not doing it with an acknowledgement, with a reliance on God's grace. They're relying on their own strength, or in the best of terms, they're relying on the strength of their team, right, their comrades, that they're relying on their colleagues, their peers, um, and and they're doing it for desire for, in the best of terms, again, being as charitable as we could, for, for the good of humanity. Mm-hmm. So they're relying on the strength of themselves for, for their own glory. That would be the worst of terms. Or in the best of terms, they're doing it with a reliance on the strength of humanity for the good and glory of humanity. But even that, curing cancer with a reliance on humanity's strength and a desire to To benefit humanity and bring glory to humanity is ultimately still a great offense to God. Mm -hmm. Because you're completely refusing to acknowledge that you couldn't even begin to cure cancer. You couldn't even get out of bed in the morning if it wasn't for His grace. Who gave you the intellect? Who who gives you a beating heart and sustains the beating of your heart and the, the breathing of your lungs all night long as you're sleeping? It's all involuntary. You're not doing that. God is. God's the one who gave you your giftings. God's the one who gave you your life and sustains your life. And ultimately, the Christian who does things in faith is doing it for the good of humanity but but not only for the good of humanity. Mm-hmm. As Christians, w- we seek the flourishing of our neighbors, our fellow human beings. We want to see them benefited. But we don't want to see them benefited as an end in itself, mm-hmm. but as a means for God, the one whose image they're created in, for him to receive the most possible glory.
0: Right.
1: And so, all that being said, The doctrine of total depravity, not utter depravity. I'm constantly doing outwardly evil things all the time. No, total depravity, which is what the Bible teaches, says that my heart, inner heart state is dead in regards to my affection and my relationship with God. And so even when I do good deeds that outwardly align with God's moral will, I'm not relying on his grace. And I'm not desiring his glory. I'm not doing it in faith. In Romans 14, verse 23 says, anything that does not proceed from faith is sin. And so what we would say is that your unbelieving friends, if it's not for the merciful work of God and salvation, then constantly, even through their best deeds, their best works are still Just, well, they're filthy rags in the sight of God. It's an offense towards God. They are totally depraved, but that does not mean that they can't do outwardly good deeds that benefit humanity. That is a part of God's common grace, not His saving grace, special grace, but His common grace, and for that we can be thankful.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time to answer that, and thank you, Jessica, for writing us in uh, that question. Please write us at rightresponseministries.com and any of our social media platforms. We're looking forward to being with you next time on Questions. As a special thank you for your gift of any amount, we'll be happy to send you a free digital book from our store. To access this offer, visit rightresponseministries.com slash offer. We highly recommend Pastor Joel's book, Am I Truly Saved? If you or someone you know has wrestled with doubts about the love of God, this would be a great resource. As a reminder, to get this offer, go to rightresponseministries.com offer. And thank you for your generous support.